Every year, the USPS increases its rates. So you got to be aware of when the rate increase is coming, know exactly how much your packages are going to weigh. So you want to figure all of that out in advance. And if you're offering something as a pre-order, you're taking payment and shipping later, you got to make sure that you're not pricing um, your postage based on the old rates, but you're going to have to buy it after the new rates hit. Hello, and welcome to the Small Business Sewing Podcast. Join host Kathleen, that's me, from Sunny Mountain Patterns, and Brandilyn from Daily Sews and Stuff, and guest experts as we discuss how to run successful sewing businesses, innovations in sewing, and ways to make more money doing what you love. Hello, today we're talking with Josh Schwartz about mailing massive amounts of swag from home. Josh is the lead guitarist for regional East Coast band, A Sound of Thunder, which recently had a viral music video for the metal version of El Sagador's, and is the manager behind mailing thousands of packages of swag, or maybe even more than that, for a Sound of Thunder's band Kickstarter campaigns from home. He also happens to be probably the only guest we have that has a Wikipedia page. I checked yesterday. So welcome, Josh. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Wait a minute. I have my own Wikipedia page? Well, no, no, no. You coattail on Nina's. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Nina's gotcha. the lead singer for their band. You're mentioned in the Wikipedia that. page. How about that? All right. That's good enough. That is pretty cool, though. So will you kind of tell us your story and, you know, she sort of covered it, but how you came about shipping out so many packages? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so we've been around for 10 years. We're an independent metal band. And, um, you know, we kind of came up during the death of the old school music industry. And, you know, this is <clears throat> well covered territory for us on music interviews and stuff. But for the general audience, you know, um, most people for their music consumption have moved to streaming. There's not as much record label support for as many bands, especially new bands, to get physical product like CDs or vinyl records, T-shirts, um, that kind of thing out directly to people. Um, and also, there's just not as much margin in the music industry for bands anymore. So for a lot of young bands like us, um, becoming just being independent has become a lot more attractive. Um, you don't need a record label to get your music to people because everybody's got Spotify. And if people want physical stuff, everybody's got the Internet pretty much. Um, so we we did mess around with the record label at one point early on and it didn't really work for us. So we decided to go back to being independent. And at that point, we discovered Kickstarter, which is where we've had most of our success um, building up an audience and um for music, the special thing about our audience is it's it's a loyal returning audience that will buy physical media in an age where most people aren't buying physical media anymore. So as we built our audience but remained independent, we started shipping a lot more CDs, vinyl records, T-shirts. Um, we expanded and we were into comic books now, um, patches, pins, stickers, pretty much uh, you know, hats, anything you can think of. Um, all the typical kind of merchandise that any big band would have, really, we, we ship on our own now. And so being independent, that means pretty much me um, having everything necessary to, you know, from having the merchandise stored here at my house to the packing supplies to the, um, you know, the label and the scale set up and all the everything you need, pretty much. And we're sitting here in. Um, an extra bedroom that I've been lucky enough to be able to keep as a comic book room, um, which is set up with a bunch of open top comic books. But what you'll notice about that is that it's all flat surfaces. 
Um, so the real reason that we've been able to keep it is because those are flat surfaces that I co can cover with plywood or, or flat boxes, and then I use it as my prep area. So this is my, um, my assembly line, basically, when I'm putting a lot of packages out in the mail. So for those of you actually listening to the podcast, uh, Josh might have a few um, comic books. <clears throat> yeah. There's like one or two behind 70, me. Being sarcastic, he's got 75 out of like 100. Boxes. <laughs> boxes. It's about filled with comic books. I, I like see 10 boxes 20, without even looking. <laughs> yeah, it goes joking. all the way. It goes all the way back. It's about 20,000 comic books in here. Yeah, so it's a lot. Um, but they're but all in the same size boxes and it's all set up. So I've got basically one, two, three, four, six foot long tables with flat surfaces that I use as my my setup area. So that may be a merch, the boxes, you know, everything. That may be a consideration if you um, are short on space, but you also need to store your fabric, get boxes like what Josh has where they're all the same uh, height. Then you can just put a plywood on top of it and use that as your work surface for when you need to start shipping things out. So you can double up on storage space. Yeah, keeping everything uniform was huge. So I can, even though it's not in one long straight line, I can just kind of scoot around the edges of it and it's like one long assembly line for me. So Josh, how many how many packages of swag have you mailed out approximately? Well, I mean, over 10 years, it's been ramping up and it, I don't know, at this point, it's probably over 10,000, but... Yeah, um, I was wrong in the thousands. Um, in the... For the most recent album that we just put out, there was about a thousand pre-orders. So the the heaviest week I had was like I had to get 300 out in one week, um, which was on some campaigns that would be doable. You know, I could do 300 in a couple of days. And this was a more complicated campaign, which had a lot of different products that had to go in different size boxes. And also we offer autograph options on every single item. So on this one, it became impossible to bulk pack anything. Every every single box was packed per each customer's specific requests, basically. Which is that's not something. so great if speed is important to you. So well, that's that's something a lot of sewers are going to be doing because they either you're doing ready to sell, uh, but you still have to package it, make sure you have the right size, the right color combination, the right pattern, or the right outfit, or you're doing a pre-order and you have to custom for every. Not everyone's going to order all the unless you're making. Uh, something that's a one size fit all, not everyone's going to make, or I'm sorry, buy like a size 12 month romper. Yeah. It's just not possible. You got to kind of think ahead and, you know, like before we do a campaign or un un unleash new products on the world, I'll sit down and just try to game the whole thing out in my head and then go to a pad of paper. And, you know, I mean, I probably have 25 different shipping containers in the other room from boxes to garment bags, the poster tubes. Um, and it can, you know, really bog you down if you don't have everything you need when you need it. So I try to game that all out in advance and have all the different packaging materials here. So that, sounds like a, so that sounds like a really easily transferable tip. I mean, to have, to already plan out in your head, the space that you're going to use and the things that you're going to need and make sure that you have it all gathered so that when you are ready to ship something, you're not having to go, oh, got to run over to the store and go get whatever it is, or I need to order this from Amazon or from the UPS store or whatever. Yeah. I mean, we will probably want to order in bulk as much as makes sense, depending on how many orders you have to send out. But if you have to go to Staples to buy 
um, packing supplies, it's way more expensive than getting them from a packaging supply company. You know, um, like uh, what is that one called? It starts with a U. Yeah, um, we don't use that one anymore um, because we personally use? found their um, ethics objectionable. Um, we did use them for a long time and they do have good products. Um, so we spent a lot of last year looking for um, alternative companies to order from. And what did you land on? Um, a mixture. I mean, that the U company is real. I mean, honestly, their products are really good and they have everything. Um, we used um, a company called East Coast Package. It's either East Coast Package or East Coast Packaging. And then um, Paper Mart, I believe, was one of them. And um, we went actually for the first time, we went to a company called Fantastic Pack and we spent a little more to do our own printed boxes. Um, so I don't know if you can see that. This was one of the sizes. We had actually had four sizes of these with our um, most recent album. Um, but this is part of the branding. You know, we want people to feel like it's Christmas morning when the package shows up on the doorstep. Uh, By the way, so this, if you can't see this, it is a completely wrapped box. I mean, it's not wrapped. It's it's wrapped in there. Yeah, it's a full color printed normal. box with a yeah full color painted art all the way around the box. That is um, amazing. And, and we have a small plug here for we have episode Naomi Kratt where we have talked about and packaging, and we will actually have her back to talk about that more later. Usually, um, we try to to price our shipping and handling like pretty close to the actual cost, but there's enough margin where people don't mind that this box, this printed box costs us maybe an extra dollar to a dollar 50 over and above the cost of just a non-printed box. So it's pretty easy to build in that cost. So it's covered. And then, you know, I think the branding goes a long way and, you know, I try and put myself in a fan perspective. So for somebody with another business, it's, you know, you put yourself in the perspective of your customer and just what do they think would be cool, you know? So try to make it not all about function, but about an experience. So from the moment, from the moment that package lands in their mailbox or on their doorstep, the experience starts, you know, and then they get to kind of do their own unboxing. And especially if you're making some high end, like custom made things, it, you have a bit more wiggle room to have higher priced packaging to make it look presentable, you want to justify the cost of what you're sending them. So if you're sent, if you're, if you're making like 40 or $60, $70 children's outfits, because they're made out of 100% linen, whatever, you want to make sure that the packaging looks good too. So they get excited when they get it and then they can share with their friends. Oh, I got this really awesome thing. Yeah. For us, um, like this package went out USPS priority mail and we charged everybody a flat $10 for the shipping. Um, for a lot of people on the East coast to the Midwest that actually costs about seven fifty to eight fifty in postage, um, which left us, you know, two fifty to a dollar fifty to cover the box. And then some people on the West coast that'll actually cost $10 in postage, but it kind of evens out where nobody's, nobody's going to pay that much of a difference you know, that much attention to a dollar difference in the postage and allows us to cover the cool packaging. How do you handle sending something like that to international um, people? Well, uh, no differently really other than um, we use USPS um, first class, um, first class international if it's under four pounds. And um, when you, we upload those labels, 
we upload them in a batch from a um, CSV file, a spreadsheet. And um, on an international label, you have to have the customs information. So you just lift off, list off what's in the box and the approximate value and the weight of each item. Um, but as far as um, as far as packaging, no difference. You know, make sure everything's packaged pretty tightly with enough fill in there, so nothing's going to slide around and get damaged. So, what's your general workflow for packaging, addressing, and mailing out that many packages? Um, if I'm in a bulk situation, so for instance, in our business, um, we get a huge influx of orders when we put out a new product. So we put a new album out, and I had you know about a thousand orders to get out in, sh in short succession. And then the rest of the year, the orders trickle in, and that may be anywhere from just one or two orders a week to 20 or 30, depending on if we're running a promotion or anything like that. Um, so when I have a lot of orders to get out in short succession, I'll upload a spreadsheet. So the first thing I'll do is, now this is assuming I've, I know what I'm selling and I've already weighed the packages. Um, if you haven't done that yet, you need to, you need to weigh the packages and get the measurements, but you really want to do that before you're even selling anything because you need to know how much your postage is going to cost to charge accordingly. Um, but assuming I, I know the weights and the measurements and everything, the very first thing I'll do is I'll, I'll download all my orders. Um, and I'm preparing to upload a spreadsheet to, um, pirate ship, who is the, the postage website that we use. That's where we buy our postage. Um, and uh, one step that I've learned over the years is that you can download your spreadsheet from wherever your orders are coming from and upload it directly to where you're buying your postage, but you need to proofread that spreadsheet because errors will flow through, especially if you have any special characters. Um, so for instance, we have a lot of orders coming from Catalonia in Spain and there's special characters or also Germany, umlauts will, will screw up the formatting sometimes or accents or whatever they call the little hook under the sea in Catalonia, um, those will screw up your formatting. And a lot also special special characters in um, like Scandinavian countries. So I've got to scan through all the addresses and get those errors out before I upload the spreadsheet. Um, but once I've got the spreadsheet clean, then I upload it to Pirate Ship and I bulk, bulk buy our postage. Um, I'll generally do that one product at a time or one package at a time. So for instance, I said earlier, there were four sizes of this, this printed box we did for our new record. So I'll do all of one size, print those all out. And then I'll set up my, um, my assembly line just for that one package. So I don't have to have every single product out. I just get out the products that go in that one package. And then I have that one box at the end of the, or near the end of the assembly line. So I don't have all the different size boxes out. And I just, once I've got my, I'm into the assembly line portion, I try to keep it as simple as possible. Only have out exactly what you need and make it as easy as possible to go down the line, boom, 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 and put everything together. It seems simple, but if uh, you're trying to handle everything else, you might not be thinking, hey, maybe I should only have one package type out before I fill that and then go to the next package type for the, like, the, the larger orders. I mean, I, I tend to be pretty um, OCD about stuff like that, but it's only because... I couldn't tell by based on how organized your comic books are. Yeah, well, I did clean up for this podcast. Um, Thank you. But yes, I'm sitting in a room full of chronologically, alphabetically, numerically organized items. So 
Um, but it gets confusing and it just, it costs you time. If you have a bunch of different packages and you've got everything out, including stuff that's not going in any of them, that doesn't make any sense to me. So it's like to keep it simple. And, you know, another important part of it for me is just um, budgeting my time. And, you know, we wear a lot, a lot of hats, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners do. Anybody that's running their own business wears a lot of hats. For me, in order to get through the shipping, I have to just lay down the law and be like, okay, I'm not answering emails today. You know, I'm not, I'm not working on music today. Um, I'm not dealing with anything else. It just, I got to go into shipping mode. Um, it's, it's easy to get distracted. Like I said, you run your own business. You're probably getting bombarded with emails and, and lots of different things all the time. Yeah. Generally that's, that is a hard time. You got to block out time. So when you have a big, drop going on or a Kickstarter that you've got to get out. Uh, generally, how much time do you spend doing shipping? I, I know this is going to scale for people because he's shipping like hundreds all at once. I mean, I estimated that it was like, it was like 20 full work days for me, but that's because some of our packages were so incredibly complicated. The, the ones that we were charging $85 and up for, I mean, they had like 15 different items in them. Every individual person could, could select any combination of items to be autographed or not autographed and then add personalization. So as I'm going down the line, I'm looking at the individual order and maybe I have to add a note, a personal autograph or something. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like 20 days. Now that included like, two days of just folding up those custom printed boxes. So I did that all ahead of time, right? Cause we got, you know, I think 700 of those orders had the custom printed boxes. Oh gosh. They ship flat. And so I just took what I thought would be a day and turned into two days to just fold all those boxes up and have them ready. But then they're ready when I go to the assembly line part. Would it have been beneficial to have had somebody, of course, if there was no coronavirus, had somebody come in on like a contract basis to put together some of the, the low effort items, like putting the boxes together. Oh, definitely. I mean, if you have the margin for it, I mean, we're a, we're a heavy metal band, an old no margin. Metal band in the year 2021. So we don't have the margin to hire somebody <laughs> to do that. Um, but yeah, that's one that that's a real low effort thing that could have been easily handled. Another one would have just been literally taking the packages to the post office. I would have saved um, you time. Now, U.S. U.S. Postal Service will actually come to your house and pick up the packages, um, but since we've been in the pandemic, I've taken the opportunity to get out of the house once a day and go take my stuff to the post office. Um, but you know, if you're really in a time crunch or it's a logistical issue for you, just know that you can you can set up those uh, pickups with the U.S. Postal Service uh, directly. They'll come to you. Have you ever considered doing drop shipping uh, since your products aren't actually handmade they're actually professionally made mm -hmm. um no because of the autographs oh that's mainly. right so they do need it be handmade as it were yeah but i mean also i have the time to do it myself but it's part of our business model really is that i do it myself that people get the personal touch every order is packed by a member of the band you know that's what we always tell them we don't tell yeah, them that it's always me but <laughs> it is always packed by a member of the band. And then I can, I can throw in a personal note when I want to. Um, so no, um, we haven't done that yet. Although we may need to, if we get, I mean, we had 
about, like I said, about 700 orders on Kickstarter and then another several hundred from our website. And if we get much above that, we're going to have to, we're going to have to change model a little bit. That's a, that's a massive amount. Um, you know, especially for somebody that's hand doing everything. Yeah. Doing it from home is a challenge. Finding this, honestly, finding the space for the merchandise and the packaging is a challenge. Um, you know, I don't have, we don't have the space to keep everything close together. So what I'll do is I'll pull, you know, what I think is enough for a couple of weeks or at least as much as will fit near my office, near my shipping area. And I'll pull enough merch and enough packing supplies to last me a couple of weeks so that when I do need to go ship, I know where everything is and it's close together. Cause you know, you're walking around. If you have to take an extra 20 steps to get somewhere and you're doing hundreds of packages that adds up. Have you ever think thought about getting a storage facility to put the extra packaging or is it that not worth the extra expense? Um, we did, but we found it just wasn't, wasn't worth it. No, we have space in, in the cellar here, but like, I can't keep, <laughs> I can't keep everything in the cellar. Cause if I had to walk down to the cellar for every order, that would take forever. Right. So I've got the bulk of it down in the cellar and two or one or two weeks supply upstairs. And then I just replenish every once in a while, just to try and keep it efficient. But basically, you, if you have that much packaging going out, you need to find somewhere to put uh, the bulk of it, somewhere safe and dry to put the bulk of what you need. And then just keep, like you said, a couple of weeks worth out or what's reasonable for the space you have, avail have it available for you to, yeah. to easily grab and then place down when you're, as it were, production <laughs> packaging. Yeah. And also think ahead as far as what what kind of type of space you have available and what things are in the environment that might affect your merchandise. So dryness or humidity is a big factor. So we have items that I know we're going to autograph eventually. So you'd think that we would not pay to have them shrink wrapped because the shrink removing the shrink wrap is just an extra step. Um, but we'll typically get um, most of our runs of of merchandise shrink wrap just to protect them from the humidity so I can store them in the cellar here. Um, and then another big thing for us up here is cat hair. Honestly, it's funny. And like, sometimes I'll post about it on social media. Like this person's getting free bonus cat hair with their, with their Harvested off of uh, the band's very own cats. Yeah. But if you can keep wherever you're, you're keeping your merch clean, or keep it so your animals are away for it, from it, or for, or at least like I have to do a vacuum of all the surfaces because the cats walk around on these tables. So it's funny, but like when I have to lint roll a t-shirt, like before before I you mail it out, package, yeah, it takes time. You know, yeah. Uh, so. Actually, sewers have a lot of problems with that because they, a lot of them do have cats. Strangely enough, I don't. Uh, but. Yeah. If you're selling, if you're selling a, if you're selling a <laughs> garment, you probably don't want allergens to be attached to a garment that you're shipping out. No, I mean also just on a psychological level, I don't think you want your customers opening up a new item and seeing hair on it. You know, yeah, just, that's like getting a soup and having a hair sticking out. Of it yeah, in a restaurant. <laughs> it's clean. It's not that hair. bad. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're trying to present a professional look on the packaging if you're shipping it out. Yeah, exactly. All right, wow, let, me all <laughs> let me just interject here for a second. I know I disappeared for a while and my sound is probably all over the place. No, it's fine. I also have this crazy thing on my head because we are having record low temperatures. The internet and the electricity goes in and out. 
It's like 10 degrees outside. We have six inches of snow and I live in Texas. In Texas. It's insane. I was it's just going to ask if you were in Texas. I've been hearing about yes. the craziness. So did y'all cover pirate ship? I didn't, I missed it. No, we haven't got to that yet. I'm, I'm, he's kind of answered all the questions, but we'll reiterate. Um, so what, what systems do you use for shipping labels? Um, so we use pirate ship. Um, that's who we buy our postage from. How do you print um, the labels? I have a four by six label printer, um, which is, I mean, on the two biggest things I can tell people, the first thing I learned was do not mess around with cheap packing tape, cheap packing tape that splits, like wasted so much time. You think you're like being the smart business person by buying the cheapest packing tape. And it was such a headache. So for the last nine years, I've been buying like duck brand, like slightly more expensive packing tape. And I've been super happy and you end up using less of it anyway, because it's thicker. Um, but it saves a ton of time because it doesn't split. Um, so get the good packing tape and a packing and a tape gun. Um, and then number two is, I'm sure everybody's heard the thing about how uh, inkjet ink is one of the most expensive substances on earth. Get you a, la get you a laser label printer. Get you some. We, uh, we use a four by six Rollo brand printer. It's R-O-L-L-O, -L -L -O, although there are other brands. Um, and I, it, takes uh, stacks of 500 four by six labels and um, it just shoots them out super fast. And the best part is there's no ink. So the printer cost, um, cost me about 200 bucks. And I mean, depending on how much your ink cartridges cost for your inkjet, I mean, it paid for itself in, in like one album cycle for us. So I wouldn't waste any time. Get in, just get one, get, in, get a laser four by six label printer. Um, and, and that'll work with all the big shipping or all the big postage sites, USPS, eBay, um, and we use Pirate Ship. So that's the service we use to buy our postage. And that has been great, too. Um, it allows you to upload spreadsheets and we can print hundreds of labels in one shot, which saves a ton of time. Um, they have discounts um, below the regular USPS prices. Um, I think the, the domestic discounts are about the same as eBay, if anybody uses eBay or PayPal. So they have that negotiated discount off the postage. Um, so definitely don't, you don't want to buy your postage direct from the U.S. Postal Service because you're just paying more for no reason. Pirate Ship is a free service, by the way. Um, they make their money off their negotiated deal with the U.S. Postal Service. And then um, for international shipments, if you do any bulk of international shipments, you can contact Pirate Ship for an additional discount. They have something they call their simple export rate. Um, and that has saved us a ton, a ton of money. I mean, that, that's like, you know, three, four or $5 off of each package going overseas sometimes. So, um, so that's, that's, that's it. We upload to Pirate Ship, print out through a, a Rolo laser printer onto four by six fan fold labels and it's that's worked fantastically for us um on the other thing about pirate ship is it's super easy to look up previous orders and at the end of the year for taxes um i can just get a simple report that shows exactly how much i spent on postage for the calendar year so i have a question about your printer is it if it when it eventually runs out of that laser it's not ink but whatever it is do you replace it or do you have to replace the whole printer no, um, it's just heat. So it never runs out of anything. Um, eventually, I guess it would break down and then you'd need mm -hmm. to replace it. Um, but because it's just heat, it's, it should never run out of anything. 
you know, so I've been okay. using this one for three plus years, you know, probably, you know, two to 3000 labels and it's going fine. Toner, toner's the word I was looking for, but yeah, that's right. awesome. Yeah. There's no toner, which is where the, the money savings comes in. Wow. Yeah. I remember when you got that, you posted on your Facebook group, say I have a band Facebook group and he was all very excited. I mean, it's pretty cool. If you've monkeyed with, <laughs> with inkjet labels before, yeah, you see how butts. slowly they come out and they get, sometimes they get caught up on and they're jammed and or sometimes it fades. Yeah. Yeah. So You're just like, to oh, see these four by six labels shooting out of this thing super fast is <laughs> will sh- make anybody that has to ship happy. It'd be ship happy. Yeah. Shappy. Mm-hmm. So how do you keep track of the addresses versus items to put in the package? Because I know you were saying that a lot of them are customized, like how many items, what items they want put in, whether they want it customized or, or, um, or with autographs. Oh, what well, that's another, um, that's another good thing about pirate ship actually. Now on, on a super complicated package, if it's coming from Kickstarter, I'll leave the Kickstarter backend open on a web browser. So I might need to walk over to my computer and look at it as I'm packing or I'll try and memorize it. I'll be like a waiter. Take a look at the page. Okay, I need a, a large shirt. The CD's autographed. The comic book's not. The deluxe book is. Try and memorize that. Go pack the package. Um, but with Pirate Ship, um, they have something they call rubber stamps. So you can add up to three extra pieces of information besides the addresses. So um, if I'm, let's say I'm packing a, a tier of packages that has a, that includes a T-shirt and a CD and a comic book, I can use those three tiers to put the shirt size, whether the CD is autographed or not, or whether the comic is autographed or not. And then I don't need to look at the screen. I can just look at the label and it tells me. Um, so that's super convenient. We we need to get a sponsorship from Pirate Ship. <laughs> Josh needs to get a sponsorship. <laughs> sponsorship. I mean, I think they're doing pretty well. My only fear is that they'll lose their like deal with the USPS and I'll have to figure something else out. But I recommend them to everybody I talk to. Yeah, you need a sponsorship from them. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of sponsorship, completely off topic. Uh, I know that your band has gotten uh, deals to have like some of your music played on some TV shows. Oh yeah, well Riverdale twice. That was pretty cool. Um, we were the tattoo shop background music in one episode, and I could not see how that has any, how that would fit in possibly. <laughs> it was perfect actually because I think one was we were playing in a comic book store. <laughs> and then, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, yep, that's then, I think Josh's other goal, by the way, so open a comic book store. Yes. Um, and yeah, and then a few weeks later, we were in another episode and they played our music in a tattoo shop. Um, and we've been, um, we just got um, actually um, asked if we could use um, one of our songs in a political ad in Catalonia, in Spain. So we're going to be on TV in Catalonia in a political ad. Uh, by the way, uh, if you don't know, the viral music video that they had, El Segador's, is the, I want to say anthem of Catalonia. So that's the one of the provinces in Spain. Yeah, it's like the national, basically their national anthem. Um, Not for Spain in, t- in its entirety, it's for Catalonia yes, itself, right? For Catalonia, right. Um, it's like deep in the heart of Texas for Catalonia. We actually have an anthem. It's called What's Texas the- Are Texas. 
But it's okay, so, in Hawaii. It's actually in so, Hawaiian. <laughs> all right. So it's that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if all states have it. They might. They just not, you know, super proudly played. I mean, like in fourth grade, we learn about like our flag and our our song and our, you know, our flower and our tr- There's like a whole Everything. list of things. Yes. <laughs> that will help you get a job in the future. <laughs> Quick. What's the state flower it in Texas? The yeah. blue bonnet. Oh, you don't know. You're not going to get a job. You're not going to get a job. Oh, you're teaching hired, the important you know. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's get to the member questions, which we've kind of already covered, but I want to give a shout out for them for asking. Um, so Tia Farrington asks, what do you think of pirate ship? Love them. Absolutely love them. Yeah. I think we covered that. Yeah. We covered well, it but... on nauseum. Um, yeah. So but the, uh, the important thing it. is that it's it's fast, convenient, it saves you money, and there's no charge for it, which is great. It saves you time, which is very yeah. short on supply. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sarah Floyd asks, uh, what should a small-time shipper get? Uh, she's asking about, like, what type of packaging, shipping label holders. I'm not quite sure what a holder, shipping label holder is, because I don't ship a lot of stuff. Um, a scale, for example. What sure. Well, um, yeah, you definitely want to have a scale. And... You know, the scale should last a long time. So just assume assume you're going to eventually need to do bigger packages than you might think. So, you know, our the first scale I bought is still working for me because I can do a, I just did a 70 pound wholesale package on it the other day. So just get one good scale. Um, and then um, uh, for a holder, well, I use the fan fold labels. So those just sit in a stack. So you don't need any kind of holder for them. They sit right on my um, right on my desk. The four by six labels also come in a spool that you do need a holder for, and they roll out. But for me, the fan folds have worked fine. And if anything, it's easier to store your extras because they're in like a rectangle shape instead of like rolls. Um, either way, but I, I found the fan fan fold ones are fine. And then, um, like I said, whatever whatever type of packaging you're using, you probably are going to need the clear packing tape. So I recommend. Don't don't go cheap on that, um, because if you've everybody's done the thing where you have to find the end of the tape and try and use your fingernail to get the end of the tape off the roll. And it sometimes it splits and you just want to murder the roll of tape. Like, don't mess around with that. If you get the good tape, you won't have to deal with that. Mind you, Josh is a guitarist, so he has like no fingernails. Yeah, they're super short because <laughs> he's got to be able to riff. <laughs> OK, so that's it for the member questions. Uh... Brandilyn, should we go into the our four questions? We, we should before guess? I lose internet again. Yes. So Brandilyn, <laughs> take it away. All right, Josh, what is your, and I kind of think we might've already covered this, but what is your favorite time-saving tip? Um, well, the I like the assembly line method. So that's for me is just, you know, make a list, just pre-plan. Honestly, pre-planning is the most important thing. Um, if you're a disorganized person, which sometimes I can be, just force yourself, figure out what you're going to need, have it all there. And if you need to order stuff in advance, because honestly, the biggest time waster for me is like, if I can't finish a package because I'm missing a part of it or I'm missing the box, you know, that's a huge time waster. And it be, then it also adds to your disorganization. You know, I have a half finished package sitting in the corner with a sticky note on it, waiting for whatever I'm waiting on. So just pre-planning. Um, but all, and also eliminating the inkjet, get rid, get rid of the inkjet. Check it out yeah. the window. I mean, don't, yeah. don't actually check it out the window. Cause that's littering and your window might break. 
(laughs) (laughs) And it's 10 degrees outside. Yeah. But that's just me. So how do you price things? It's going to be a little different compared to somebody who's actually handmaking something. Sure. Um, Well, a lot of it is just the market and kind of what the market will bear. And we're in an unusual situation because um, people are aware of how tough the music business is. And so they're not just buying our product. They're also patronizing our art. Um, So, you know, we know we can, we can price things, um, you know, maybe a little higher than we would if we had to compete like in a retail store or something. Um, We need people to buy our records for 35 bucks because a bunch of other people, multiple, many, many, many times more people will listen to it for free on Spotify, you know? Right. Cause um, I think it, your, your YouTube had like 1.5 million views. Yeah. That translated to $500 of stream Ooh, of streaming income. Streaming income. Woo. And exciting. yeah, most of that, most of the actual income that we got from that were from the very small percentage of those people who went to our Kickstarter and supported the Kickstarter. Um, but as far as pricing, um, the most important thing I can say is uh, plan ahead and Every year, the USPS increases its rates. So you got to be aware of when the rate increase is coming, know exactly how much your packages are going to weigh. And um, in some cases, your package, uh, your postage will be based on the volume or the dimensions of the package. So you want to figure all of that out in advance. And if you're offering something as a pre-order um, or in any way that you're taking payment and shipping later, you got to make sure that you're not pricing um, your postage based on the old rates, but you're going to have to buy it after the new rates hit. Um, So just be real conscientious about figuring out how much everything is going to weigh, the volume of the packages and and what the rates are going to be. And that's a really good tip. And so also when those shipping rates do go up, if you're not, even if you're not having people prepay, but just be aware of when that happens and maybe reflect that in your prices or in your shipping prices on your website. Yeah. And always, always check every every package that you might possibly be shipping check that domestically and to canada which is its own separate rate and then internationally so for instance we got we got dinged once because with the rate change um any package over four pounds going internationally suddenly it had to go priority mail international which is like double the cost so we had packages that we had charged 35 dollars shipping for that all of a sudden we're going to cost like 70. So we ended up, we ended up splitting those packages into two boxes that we could ship two boxes at first class international for cheaper than we could send one for priority. But if we had, if we had known the rate increase was coming, no, that was a time we didn't do our due diligence, you know? Um, And also we are, we grew our project and the package weight went up. That was the other thing. So don't hear it's tip. Don't grow your, your don't make your products more fancy. Right. Well, if you do, just know, know that you might be getting yourself in. For, you have shipping implications for that. Actually, I had something that I had to ship out to Wisconsin. And if it was like four ounces less in weight, it would have costed me $7 to ship. But because it was just over the limit, it was like what, a pound and a half. Mm-hmm. It was $17 to ship. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the big cutoffs that we try to watch is um, first class package versus priority mail. If for uh, standard retail, if you, or if you go into the U.S. Postal Service um, website or post office, the cutoff is 13 ounces. 
Um, if you use pirate ship, they have a deal where the cutoff is 16 ounces. Oh, I wish I'd known about that. Yeah. Um, but there is a big price jump between first class and priority right now. Um, so if you have a product you can squeeze in as a first class package, definitely try to do that. All right. So again, I think we've covered this pretty extensively, but be not directly related to shipping, maybe something with um, what you do on, on social media or something like that. What do you automate? What do we automate? Um, well, um, on our website, the shipping, um, the postage charges that we charge are automated. So we just enter the product weight. So if people combine items in their cart, that automatically calculates the total weight and we'll charge based on the postal rates at that time. And then we can add, like for instance, we'll add $1 to the postage cost as a handling fee to cover the cost of the box. And then the labels and the tape and those little things add up a couple cents per package, but you wanna try and, and have those covered too, if you can. Out of curiosity, this is not the question, uh, but what web service do you use that allows you to do that? Um, we use a service called Bandzoogle, um, which is super convenient. Um, I take it, um, it's kind of like Squarespace where it's a kind of a block-based build your own website service. Bandzoogle has tools for musicians built in so we can add a download shop so people can see our albums with the cover art, preview the songs, and then we can attach physical merchandise to the album specifically. Um, but it's uh, it's 20 bucks a month and it gives us unlimited products. It does the payment processing for us and um, <clears throat> super convenient. So I don't see any reason why someone couldn't use it for any other type of website. You know, just because it has the tools for musicians doesn't mean it wouldn't work for something else. I'm completely asking for myself because I need to get a website up for my products because I've got it's all digital. Mm -hmm. So it's downloads. Yeah, this would probably work for downloads. Um, That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because we can we can add digital products on our store. Like we have a digital copy of our graphic novel, which is just a PDF file. Um, and also we sell a digital copy of um, our live concert Blu-ray, which is a much larger file. So wow. yeah, I think you could That's probably good. you could probably use it for whatever you wanted. I will look into it. So mm -hmm. the best question: uh, Where can people find you? Well, we are at ASOT Band on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we're most active on Facebook, where we're uh, Facebook.com/slash/asoundofthunder, and our main website is asoundofthunderband.com. Um, and for most people. Uh, if you just want to listen to us for free, um, just go to Spotify and look up A Sound of Thunder under Artist. Um, we named ourselves after the Ray Bradbury short story, which we thought was a great idea. Later on, we found out that if you put in A Sound of Thunder on Google, it brings up a lot of rain sounds <laughs> <laughs> and tends to bring up the delicate Sound of Thunder by Pink Floyd. <laughs> um, but if you put in A Sound of Thunder band on Google, you can find us. You can link to us on Spotify or Apple Music. Um, but yeah, we're on all the music streaming services and, um, also we have a couple of really cool animated music videos on YouTube. If you put in sound of thunder band on YouTube. Um, but you can also, you can just link to all this through our website, all the music and other services and videos and everything that's on our main website. He's everywhere. Just look for the band name. And I think you, you and Nina have a podcast ish we we do we're doing it in seasons so we're off that's right what now. we're doing too 
yeah, it was a little too much to do while I had to um, get all the all the shipping done for this album. But the podcast is called Thunder Stuff, uh, Thunder Hyphen Stuff, Heavy Metal Podcast. And um, Nina, the singer of, of our band, Nina and I have a really good rapport. And so we just kind of go through the heavy metal news and make fun of people that deserve to be made fun of and make fun of ourselves and talk about music and sometimes politics and morality and whatever strikes your fancy, whatever, whatever needs to be talked about. So if you like metal and you're a sewer, go ahead and listen to their podcast. While you can listen to while you sew. Yes. (laughs) I think we did. We did 16 episodes in season one. So we'll, we'll have another season coming up later this year, Um, but there's a bunch of them up there and it's on, those are on all the big sites too, Spotify, Apple podcasts, et cetera. Okay. Well, Thank you, Josh. This is Josh Swartz from A Sound of Thunder. He's talking about how to ship massive amounts of packages from his house. So this is Kathleen from Sunny Mountain Patterns and Brian Lynn from Daily Sews and Stuff. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Sewing Podcast. Okay, bye. Woo-hoo.